the second part of our very important conversation with Joe Kissel about taking control of your digital legacy. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by you, our viewers and listeners through our Patreon and PayPal sponsorship options. To learn more, visit macvoices.com support. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is part two in our conversation with Joe Kissel, the author of Take Control of Your Digital Legacy, a very, very important topic that everyone is going to have to deal with sooner or later, or at least their heirs will have to deal with sooner or later. Joe's back this time to give us a little more advice, talk about a couple more of the pitfalls along the way, and I strongly encourage you to pay attention to what he says and then go get a copy of this book. I don't say that often, but really, this is very, very important. Let's go back and let Joe do the talking. You used an interesting phrase uh, earlier, digital executor, uh, yeah. which I really like, and I feel like that's someone that you need to the, – the person who is executor of your – your will or your estate is probably not going to be as tech savvy as we would all like. Um, you know, as time goes on, maybe you're, I don't know, maybe you're, you're designating younger people and they are more tech savvy, but I would think that that's something that probably needs to be included somewhere in your last wishes uh, specifically so that the, the, the executor knows who maybe they can go to and trust would would have some idea of even where to start. It's super important. And I do talk about this in detail in the book, because as you say, uh, your, your executor, the person, person responsible for settling your estate. So, you know, paying taxes and settling your debts and, and all that kind of stuff. And then out of whatever's left, following your instructions as best they can to divvy out your property to other people. So this is a very important role. And in an ideal world, that person, your, your regular executor of your estate, would, would also handle your digital stuff. It's like, well, I got so-and-so's computer, tablet, smartphone, whatever here. I have the physical objects, so now I'm going to go through those and get the data that I need and put that data in the right place. But it is... As you say, often the case that the the executor they might have the they might be very smart, knowledgeable, care about you, understand your wishes, have uh, even legal knowledge. But if they don't know how to deal with weird file formats and how to transfer large amounts of data to different places and how to deal with you know password issues and, and just all the stuff that you're going to encounter in, in unwinding this stuff, uh, then I recommend picking a second person who is, who is also as trustworthy, right? But, but who has that technical expertise and you don't leave this to chance. You don't just say, well, Bob, you're my executor and, Anne, you're my digital executor. Good luck. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you sit down with each of them and explain their duties and you make sure they talk to each other. You put this stuff in writing. You say, okay, Bob is going to handle the, you know, financial stuff, the tangible things, and Anna is going to handle the digital things. Now, depending on where you live and the, the laws vary greatly by jurisdiction, sometimes 
just sort of stapling a page to your will and saying, oh, and by the way, this is how we want the digital stuff to be handled is adequate. Other times, it needs to be formally incorporated into your will and notarized and whatever the process is in your particular locality. So you're going to want to check with a lawyer or a state planner or somebody who knows their stuff about how this is handled in your area. But uh, one way or another, you want to make sure that you have assigned a digital executor, that 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 person knows what they have to do, and they and the regular executor are in sync. You don't want these two people to be in conflict with each other. They have to work together because if your digital executor is charged with distributing certain files, but those files only exist on media that only your regular executor has physical access to, that's going to be a problem. You don't want to have that problem. So you have to spell this out in writing and make sure that if there are particular rules where you live that this only gains legal force if you do thus and such, will you go do thus and such? That, that's great. That's exactly what I had in mind. It, it may be important to say right now, though, that, that neither one of us, especially you, are offering legal advice. You're offering practical Absolutely advice. not. And so, you know, yeah, by all means, go and consult the professionals. But Joe's book will give you a great a great set of guidelines to go and ask the right questions to make sure you're getting to the right people and answering those right questions. So. Yeah. And I, I know a bit about, uh, again, as, as a non-professional in the legal field, I, I know a bit about how wills work in California because I used to live there. I know a bit about how they work in Saskatchewan because I live here now, but you know, like I'll give a presentation to a user group and somebody in whatever Arizona or Maine will say, oh, no, 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 you can't do that here because we do things like this way. Okay. Oh, well, okay. I don't know. Like, even if I gave you advice that is appropriate for where I happen to live, that might be totally wrong for where you live. So absolutely check with a professional. Yeah. Joe, I have one more question, but it may take us a little while to get through or it may not. But before I do that, I want to ask okay. you, you know, what else is important in the book? Um, that you feel like we should highlight to make sure people understand what they're getting and why they should go get the book? Uh, so much, so much. I have like a two-page list of just the changes since the first edition, and a few of them we've covered. I'll just mention some of the some of the things that I noticed as I was going through the entire manuscript and revising again that had, had shifted a lot in those six years. Uh, one is we are using our mobile devices a lot more. We have more of them and we use them more. Uh, people will use an iPad or something similar in place of a Mac or PC, you know? So mobile devices are becoming more important. Talk about that. I, I, had, I had mentioned email. I hadn't mentioned instant messaging. Like if you use Apple's uh, iMessage or use, uh, you know, uh, why, why, why are all the other ones uh, evaporating in my in my memory, uh, or any <laughs> any of the other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any of any of the other third party instant messaging services, um, you know, WhatsApp or Signal or whatever. Um, you you might have a lot of important data there, so I talk about that. Uh, somebody said, okay, well, I have, uh, you know, I. I have an online business where I sell some things and they're, they're digital things. So they might keep getting sold after I'm 
after I'm dead and royalties will keep rolling in, what do I do about passive income like that? I'm like, okay, yeah. What if you have a, like a, you know, a, a thing that you're selling on, on, on your website or, or like you, 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 you have royalties coming in from, you know, songs or artwork that you've published on one of these platforms. So what do you do about that? Um, Pass keys, pass keys we talked about in the whole passwords discussion, like that's a new thing and that adds some complexity to the passwords. So I talk about that. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. So one of, the, one of the things that I think is particularly important is I got an email just last week saying, oh, Joe, I, 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 I signed up for this service uh, that that promises to take care of all this digital legacy stuff for me. So I simply upload my files to this service and I pay them a fee and I, I tell them what to do with this stuff after I'm gone and I'm good. So, so is that all I need to do? I'm like, Ehh. so I had, I had a few lists of services like this in the book. So naturally six years later, I go back to revise the book and I click on all the links, dead URL dead URL, company out of business, service no longer offered. So I had one, one of these lists happened to have eight entries in it. Seven of those sites no longer even existed. Wow. So I said, okay, well, here's some that do today, but they might not tomorrow. So do you really want to entrust your digital legacy to a company, a, a startup that's only been in business for two or three years and might not still be around when you're dead. You really don't like d feel free if you want to, but that shouldn't be your only plan. That should be like a secondary or a backup plan. So I talk a lot about these, these digital services that are trying to, trying to make money off of the the death industry. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird and creepy, but there, there, there are a lot of, a uh, lot of startups that are doing this sort of thing. But in my experience, they, they come and they go. So that's, that's another, another really important thing to be aware of. Yeah. And I would think there'd be a certain amount of concern if you're a thinking person about you're handing the keys to at least some, uh, some things, some important aspects of your life over to an organization whose employees come and go, whose management comes and goes, whether the, whether the organization even is still there is one question, but just, I would want to vet something like that very, very carefully. Well, yeah. So there, there are, there are big concerns about privacy and security. So what I say is let's, let's take something like your passwords. Now your passwords are extremely valuable. We've talked about that a number of times and you want to keep them private and secure. You don't want anybody else to get access to your passwords. So that's true. However, it's a double-edged sword because if you die, or even if you just like become temporarily incapacitated or something, your spouse, children, loved ones might need to get access to your accounts legitimately to, to get valuable information out of it. So if your passwords are so strongly locked down that not even a loved one could get at them in the case of an emergency, that's bad. So there are various mechanisms that one can use to say, yes, well, I, my passwords are safe for now, but I also have a secure or semi-secure way to pass access on to those in the future. 
Okay, so th there are ways to do that, but as you say, if you're if you're giving some third-party company access to all of your passwords and all of your data and all of your accounts, that might be I mean it might not matter after you've gone, but it matters a lot while you're still alive. And if there were a data breach, if there were a bug, if there were a disgruntled employee, if there were any of uh, how, countless other things, that data you've entrusted to them could get out and could cause a lot of problems for you. So that's that's yet another reason to be very cautious when it comes to this, this delicate balance of making sure that all of your private stuff is still private while you're alive and yet making sure that the right people have access to it afterwards. Well, and you, you just brought up another aspect that is a little less serious than, than the, the termination of our lives, but the, the incapacitation possible possibility that you may, you could be in a very bad accident. You could be, you know, there are a lot of things that could happen that where your, your, I guess your your loved ones, because uh, you don't really have an executor for that kind of thing. But you know, the, your powers right. of attorney maybe is a better is the best thing to say. Mm -hmm. You know, would need access to a lot of this information to keep your life going until you can hopefully get back to it. Absolutely, and and I and I explicitly make this point in the book that yes, we are talking about posterity. Like yes, we are talking about how can I make my data available fifty, a hundred years from now, but. As it turns out, the stuff that you do for the long, long-term planning can also be valuable in a few other situations. So let's say you're, you're, you, you, you're, you're young, you're healthy, you probably won't die for another 50 years or whatever it is. That's great, but uh, you get hit by a bus tomorrow. Okay, so it's, it's, it's sudden, it's unexpected, and at that point, your loved ones aren't worried about, well, we want to make sure the great-great-grandchildren have pictures of this person. Well, that's nice. But what they're worried about tomorrow is, hey, we need to get access to his insurance account and his money. And it's just like, you know, we need to get access to all the things that were, you know, locked up in this person's head. So there's, there's, there's the, the long in the future posterity. There's the like immediate aftermath of your unexpected death. But then backing up from that, as you say, if you become sick or incapacitated, like it can happen to anybody, a thing happens and you're in the hospital for a month and you recover. So that's great. But in the meantime, stuff happens, you know, somebody has to deal with bills and emails and, you know, things. So that very same planning that you did for the more distant future can also help someone if you're just out of commission for a little while. And then backing up even farther from that, what if you just decide to go on vacation? You're going to go on a world cruise for two months or something. You're going to, you're going to just get a, get a house sitter, uh, you know, have, have a friend or relative water the plants, feed the pets, whatever. And you're going to go off and, and travel or do something or take a nice long retreat. Once again, you you have you've left instructions. Somebody else can know how to do the things that you would ordinarily do to keep your household running. Because you wrote this all down, 
for your spouse or kids to look at after your death. But th that very same document can just be handed to your house sitter. You know, you might lead some sections, like don't give them all your passwords. All right. But, but you might like your house sitter doesn't need to have access to all of your family photographs, but they, they might need to know how you do certain things. And, and that's, that's all covered. And, and I, I'll just mention one more thing. Um, a, an increasingly popular trend is for people to write their own obituaries. And I encourage this. Uh, I call them autobituaries, right? Um, which is not, I didn't coin that term, but that, that's, that's what you call them, you know, your, your own obituary. So in the last few years, I've had, I've had a lot of relatives die. A lot of aunts and uncles have died. And uh, I, I get the newspaper clippings, you know, here's Uncle Bill's obituary from the, from the paper. And I read these and I'm like, I don't even recognize that person. This doesn't sound anything like the Uncle Bill that I knew. Why didn't you say this? And why are you going into so much detail about his, you know, his army service 80 years ago? Like, no, like, tell me about who the person was. But this is the way obituaries work is that, you know, a funeral director or a newspaper editor will just say, look, I know you're grieving. Here is a template. We're just going to fill in the blanks. Just give us the facts. And then this thing comes out that's pretty sterile and useless. So the the solution is write your own. Just you, you, you put you attach that to your digital will, right? You say, okay, after I'm gone, I've left a couple of blanks, like date of death, cause of death. I've, I haven't filled in those things, but uh, but you know, this is what I want you to publish about me. And I've read a number of these that people have written for themselves. They later died. Their uh, relatives published the the obituary that they wrote for themselves, and some of them are just hilarious. Some of them are just really touching and, you know, tear jerking. You, you, you can do it however you want. But the, the point is that you're representing yourself the way you want to be remembered, the way you think of yourself. And that's most likely going to be a lot closer to how other people saw you than what you would just get with a fill in the blanks kind of obituary. So I, I really recommend that. Joe, that, that's a fantastic piece of advice. Um, I had a similar experience recently where um, a, f a former teacher of mine uh, passed, and frankly, it got by me. And so when I looked up her obituary, it barely mentioned her teaching career, which, mm. you know, to me was the most, of course, you know, I'm a little biased, but the most important part of it to me. And I felt like, gee, if, if they missed that, what else did they miss? And and that's not a criticism, you know. If if the family put it together, that's their business. But I just, it was a shame, and I can't believe that. As I knew her, I can't believe she wouldn't have been proud of that, and wouldn't have, you know, at least marked that as maybe among some of her uh, her her most notable achievements. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Great example. Um, okay, so you touched on the one question I had, and that was passwords. So I'm going to ask two yeah. practical questions. Okay. Practical question number one, and, and and I'll combine them. What's the best way to archive, secure, and make available my passwords to my heirs? And mm -hmm. two, 
is there a way to get your passwords out of um, out of Keychain? Boy, okay. So <laughs> I told you I was saving a good one for last. All right. How you pass on access to your passwords depends upon how you manage them now. There are a few password managers out there. Uh, Dashlane is an example that have their own sort of built-in digital legacy feature so that while you're alive, you say, okay, in the event of my death, this person, this person, this person will get access to my passwords. And of course, you, always you have to jump through hoops to prove that the person has really died, to prove that you are the person who really has access to them and so forth. But there are some that have that explicit uh, mechanism. One password doesn't have that, although I have heard that they're thinking about maybe adding something like that in the future. They do have family plans. So you can give you can give a family member access right now while you're still alive to some subset of your passwords. And that in for some people in some situations, that might be sufficient. You can, of course, just print out your passwords, although if you have a thousand of them, that might be easier said than done. What I generally recommend that you put in your digital will is, okay, here's where my passwords are. It, they're in one password, they're in robo form, they're in LastPass, they're in iCloud keychain, whatever. Here's where they are. Here's where you find that thing. And here's the master password that will unlock them. So you're passing the buck a little bit. So if I were to say, okay, my passwords are all in one password. And to, to get that, you would go to this place. It might be like the onepassword.com website. And you enter this, you enter this, you enter this. And then there they are. And if I put that in my digital will and it should go without saying, but you need to keep this document very secure. <laughs> you don't want somebody else getting this uh, before you die. It might go in a safe deposit box or something. Uh, so that's that's one way of doing it. And with iCloud Keychain, you might say, okay, uh, here are here's here's where to find it. You have to get one of my devices. All right, have to it has to be one of my my Apple device, my iPhone, my iPad, my Mac, something like that. And you're going to unlock it with this password. And then you go to this app and then here are, are my passwords. Uh, now I, I, have, I have a special contempt for Apple's keychain access app. <laughs> I, I've, I've looked at dozens of password managers and, and some of them have better user interfaces. Some of them have worse. They have this feature, they have that. Of every password manager I have ever looked at, Keychain Access is the worst tool I have ever seen to actually manage them. And that's not to say that the underlying mechanism, the keychain itself that holds your passwords and like how that feeds stuff into Safari in different places, not to say that that's bad, but this app, this keychain access app by which you manage them is just the most horrendously designed piece of software ever. And I hate to use it and I actively discourage other people from using it if they don't have to. 
among its other faults, it doesn't have any way to export your passwords. Now there are some third-party tools where it'll say, okay, yeah, I can I can import stuff from your keychain. So point me to the keychain, easy. Give me the password for it, okay. But, but there's a catch. And that is with every single password that it tries to import, you have to explicitly agree to that. And if you have a thousand items, that's like clicking, yeah, okay, you can send this to them a thousand times. I, I did that once. Like I've, I've been through the experience because I wanted to see what it's like and ugh, yuck. So, uh, so my best advice is like, don't bother. Just say, here's, here's where to find my Mac. Here's the password to get in and go nuts. <laughs> so, Cause it's just, there's no easier, convenient way to do it. Okay. I mean, that, that's good to know. That's good to know because it that may influence your choice of password managers, depending on what stage of your life or what your health condition is or what the sophistication of your online assets is or yeah. whatever. So, yeah. Joe, I, I feel like so often I say this is one of the most important books you've ever written, but I feel like this, this one definitely is in that category. Because um, it's just stuff that is so, so important. Things that um, I hope we touched on just a few things that people didn't think about up to this point and, and really should, whether they want to or not, it's another matter, but they, they should. So, And there's there's so much more in the book. So I, so I, 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 I like I say, I give, a, I give presentations on this topic to user groups all the time. And uh, a week or so ago, a uh, user group said, hey, do you want to give a presentation on this to our group? in several months. And I said, yeah, yeah, let, let's do that. And they said, okay, well, the presentation is going to be an hour long. I said, that's fine. So are you going to cover everything in your book in that hour? <laughs> I was like, you get, no, no, I am not going to be, that is not possible. I couldn't read the entire book to you in an hour. There's, it's, it's a long book. It has a lot of stuff in it. So Everything we've discussed here today and everything that I discuss when I give an hour-long presentation on this topic is tip of the iceberg. It's, it's the, 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 the high-level overview. If you want all the meaty stuff, you, you buy the book. And, and I will mention that you don't just get the book. You also get a downloadable template for a digital will that you can fill in and it's going to guide you through, you know, here's where I talk about my passwords. Here's where I talk about my email. Here's where I talk about my photos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it's just sort of a fill in the blanks. You know, what, what, what do I need to mention and what do I need to say about it? So it, it, it will help you at least get started with what can be a, a, a bit of a struggle sometimes help you get over that initial, I don't even know how to begin kind of thing. No, no, just, just fill in the template and refer back to the book for instructions on, on specific parts and you'll be fine. Joe, this is, this is such an important book for, for me, for you, for so many other people, but I feel like this is a book that maybe you would like to pass on to someone or gift to someone. Do you have that capability with take control books at this point? Kind of, sort of, maybe not really. <laughs> we, okay. I, I have wanted, I have wanted to be able to do this for years, 
Amazon lets you do this. Uh, Morgan has bought me all kinds of books as gifts on Amazon, and I'll wake up on my birthday and say, oh, hey, look, there's an email from Amazon. You got a, you got a book, so that's nice. So I've wanted to do this. There are some technical challenges that I need to overcome, and it's one of those things where if I had a spare week with nothing else to do, I could figure out how to overcome those technical challenges and make this work. It's, it's on my to-do list. Trust me, it really is on my to-do list, which I will, I, I will get to that item <laughs> at some point. But uh, so I, I wish we had it. We don't yet. And when people ask about this, I tell them that all I can offer at the moment is a sort of low tech approach is you buy a copy of the book and you email it to somebody. I mean, it's not ideal, but uh, there's this little, little problem in that we don't let you buy more than one copy of a book because people accidentally buy books that they already bought before. And then they say, wait a minute, I already own this and I want a refund. So we go out of our way to make it hard for you to buy a second copy of a book you already own. So what you have to do, if you want to do this and you already have the book, you have to log out of your Take Control account, then buy the book because it won't know who you are. So it won't know you already own it. And uh, then just, just email a copy to somebody. Uh, it's not ideal. And I do plan to fix this problem eventually. But for now, that's the best we can offer in terms of, of gifting. Listen, low-tech approach or not, at least there is an option out there. And if there was ever a book that was appropriate for gifting uh, or forwarding, maybe maybe not as gift is not the right word, but forwarding on to someone uh, like your attorney or your you know your estate planner, this might be it. So, thanks. I'm glad. Know, I'm glad we asked the question because it's sure. it's it's so so important. Um, so the book obviously is at takecontrolbooks.com. What's the pricing and upgrade situation with this one, Joe? Yeah. So if you're buying the book for the first time or as a gift, uh, it's $14.99. If you already owned the first edition from, you know, 2017, or you bought it somewhere between now, then and now, uh, we're offering the new edition for uh, only a $5 upgrade fee, which I think is is pretty cheap, especially considering how much has changed since then. But we wanted to make this information as easily available as possible. So 15 bucks new, five for an upgrade. And I, I really think you'll be glad that you bought this. We've spent a lot more time than we usually do on on take control books, but I think again this is just such an important topic. It applies to everyone. Um, hopefully, we've given folks some things to think about, a few answers, a lot more answers uh, to questions I want to ask. I know are in the book. I'm going to be going and getting it and digging in a little bit because I haven't revised this kind of thing for myself in a long time, and I should. So. You called me out, Joe, and thank you. <laughs> I I need to put this sure. on the priority list. Uh, so I hope you're right. When you when you started this out, you said that your business may become more frequent. I hope that's the case. We will have plenty of things to talk about in the future, assuming that we both survive. You know. Let's, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. I hope I survive to the next time we get Joe on. I hope you're surviving Please, please, takecontrolbooks.com. Go take a good hard look at this. Invest in it. It's an investment in your future and the future of your legacy. Until the next time, thanks for watching.
Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.